Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 59 of Ask the CEO with Avraham Gatile. Today, I'd like to introduce a very special guest. He's the president and CEO of Berkeley Viratronic Systems in the Touch in New Jersey. He's an industry leader in cybersecurity. He's been interviewed numerous times on television and followed worldwide on Twitter. It's my pleasure to welcome the one and only Scott Schober. Welcome back, Scott. Oh, it's great to be back. Thanks for having me on there, Abraham. Oh, absolutely. So what's going on in the world of cyber? Well, cyber, as you know, it's ever-evolving. The, 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 go back a few years ago, and everybody was talking about passwords and this and that, but it continually evolves, and the threats are getting more and more intricate. Uh, I think people are certainly, the cyber thieves are working a lot harder to, uh, to hide from law enforcement and different things. And a lot of the stuff I've been dealing with lately, which is kind of exciting, is, is dealing with these um, organized cyber criminal gangs, m- much of which is coming out of Russia, where they're targeting wherever there's vulnerabilities. And one area that's, well, actually two areas, but one in particular has been a gas pumps because of the liability laws are a little bit softer there. And I think back to the days of, of Target back in 2013, where there was a huge compromise of all those credit cards and really the vulnerability there that the, the bad guys exploited was, was the mag stripes. What really prompted the industry to step up security and shift over to the EMV technology, the chip and pin technology, which now is pretty much propagated through most of the retail yeah. sector and point of sale sector, um, that same problem, though, is now present at the gas pumps, and there's millions of gas pumps throughout the United States. There is no security there. It's old school, traditional magstripe technology when your card is inserted in the gas pump. That's a huge problem. So cyber thieves said, ah, let's shift away from some of the traditional point of sale systems that have EMV and shift over to the gas pumps. And why is that? The, the liability laws from the credit card companies through issuing banks, they shifted it to 2020 before all the gas pumps have to be upgraded to this technology where they'll have chip and pin. Therefore, they've got a good two-year window or so. It's almost like giving them an invitation. Hey, guys, you got two years. It's, it's almost crazy when I heard about it. Why would they extend it? This, this should have happened about a year ago, but instead they extend it to 2020, and I'm going, yikes. The, the problem is, is compounded further, uh, is, is that they, how do they get inside the gas pumps to place yeah. these skimmers? There's a universal lock and key system. About six keys go to these locks, and they're used on millions of gas pumps. It's crazy. So you can go on eBay or the dark web and for about 10 bucks, buy these six keys and you can open up any gas pump in the United States, place a Bluetooth skimmer there, plug it into the top of where the, the card reader is, about 10 seconds to unlock it, plug it in, hide it in the rat's nest, close it up and you're done. Now thieves can collect every time there's a transaction, a card goes in, the transaction goes through the pump as you're buying gasoline and then there's a copy of it that goes into a little buffer. The bad guy pulls up once a day. They don't have to go in the machine again. They could park 30 to 50 feet away with their laptop. And over Bluetooth, they'll get hundreds of stolen credit cards that they can then burn. They could sell on the dark web. And again, this cyber crime is growing. There are estimates that a Bluetooth skimmer in a gas pump can bring in over $100,000 of revenue for a cyber thief. That's just one Bluetooth skimmer. 
that's astronomical amount of money that they could make. For sure. In there. Crazy, crazy. Now, what can people do to protect themselves from this? Well, it's a good question. A few different things. The, number one is, the, is what I call old school, the most obvious, which I, I often do. You can pay cash at the pump. That, that, that takes away the, the yeah. fear of getting your credit card compromised. It's not very convenient. You don't always have cash in your wallet. And it's kind of a, a paperless society that many people are going to. There's not a lot of pumps that yet accept um, digital wallet payments and Apple Pay or Google Pay or anything like that. That's the future. It's coming, but it's not there yet. So for the meantime, what can you do? If you are going to use your, your credit card, then you obviously want to be careful. We want to look for old school modifications to the pump where they're traditional skimmers, where they modify the bezels and all of that stuff, or they can actually make sure that the pump is properly scanned. And we've developed a tool just to target this it's called a blue sleuth. And, and really what it does is it scans and looks at any wireless activity in the Bluetooth spectrum, which is 2.4 gigahertz. And we have a, a database of known threats. These are Bluetooth skimmers that have been placed in the pump. They've been found in the wild and we can actually detect those and we can discriminate everything else. All the other Bluetooth activity is doesn't come up and we highlight it in red, only a single Bluetooth suspect that you can target And our little tool called the Blue Sleuth, allows you to then steer toward a gas pump and find out which particular pump has that Bluetooth skimmer inside of it. When that happens, you can alert the station owner, they can alert federal authorities, and they shut just that pump down. And that way they can still run their business, yeah. still sell gas, keep customers happy, but it prevents them from their, their credit, credit cards being compromised at that single pump there. So it's a real effective tool, and it's being um, used by departments of agriculture, national weights and measures. We sold a lot of units to U.S. Secret Service and a lot of local law enforcement agencies working with station owners and franchises to combat this problem of uh, Bluetooth skimmers. So it's re really exciting to have a solution to, that directly addresses this particular problem and keep consumers safe from their cards being compromised. Now, that's really great to hear because if you're a gas station owner, you don't want to have a reputation of yeah. being a magnet for bad guys. Yeah, yeah, you make a good point. And oftentimes, when, when somebody hears about, hey, such and such a station on this corner at this address. Stay away. About it, <laughs> nobody wants to go there. And, and suddenly yeah. their gas station changes. They've been a loyal customer for 10 years. Now they go, I'm not going to that station. They have Bluetooth skimmers. Let me go over here. That could really hurt the bottom line especially some of these franchise owners, they count on regular business there. They don't make a whole lot of money per yeah. gallon pumping gas. So keeping their, their customers safe and happy is paramount for success. That is so great to hear that these kinds of solutions exist. So let's uh, segue a little bit uh, into another uh, type of threat facing gas station owners. So there was a story that uh, I read recently about gas stations that were hacked in order to uh, turn on the pumps, I guess, remotely and have the gas stolen from the gas pumps. Yeah, yeah something like that. And, and that's kind of scary and exciting at the same time. We talk, and we've talked before about IoT, the Internet of Things, and how everything is connected into the Internet. And now as gas stations modernize, which they're all doing, they're spending a lot of money when they build a new gas station to modernize it so they could remotely look at the amount of fuel consumption, credit card transactions, 
really monitor the entire gas station. And oftentimes they're tied and linked directly into uh, the convenience store at a gas station and sometimes other shops, a Dunkin' Donuts or, or something else there. So the more and more that they're interconnected, the IoT, it really allows a conduit for cyber thieves again to get in there and monkey around with things. And in the case you're talking about where they're stealing gas, a lot of times that may not necessarily raise a red flag because what are gas stations known for? Pumping gas. And they get a line of cars coming in or maybe a truck with a with a very large volume of hundreds of <laughs> gallons that they have to pump. So no red flags may necessarily be going up if they're monkeying around and stealing gas. So cyber thieves, if they carefully orchestrate that, that that's something where they could uh, where they could profit from easily looking at those vulnerabilities when IoT is not properly secured there. And you know this goes to what you said originally when we started, and that is when people think of cybersecurity, they relate that to passwords and computer hacking. But this is really part of every aspect of our lives. I mean, we're talking about security cameras that were hacked a couple of years ago. I think there were something like 25,000 CCTV cameras that were hacked to form a botnet or uh, um, smart refrigerators sending out spam emails. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, but, but that's the reality. And, and again, we have to decide as a society, do we want to opt in? Do we want to be connected to the internet? And that's an important question. I think the answer for most of us is yes, but I always ask people and caution people, take one step backwards and say, do I need to? Is everything have to be connected to the internet? I, they do sell internet connected toilets. It sounds crazy. I started thinking in the back of my cynical mind, I said, well, if I was a bad guy and I was part of an individual, maybe at 2 a.m. I would have their toilet. Or, yeah. And crazy. You know, it, it doesn't make sense. But those things are possible when everything's connected into the internet. And you know what? That is such practical advice because if you think about it, yes, we're connecting everything. I mean, we've got connected outlets, connected light switches, and they have a convenience. Mm-hmm. And yes, we shouldn't, we shouldn't hide from the technology. We should utilize it and gain all the benefits that the technology has to offer. But at the same time, let's be smart about what we expose to the internet. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. We, just, just before joining you here on your show, I, I was playing with another colleague here. We just got in some cameras just to fool around with. And the camera cost $30. It's obviously mass produced over in the Orient. Uh, good resolution. It's got Wi-Fi built into it. You simply plug the camera in and it's a small little camera and it follows you. So it's got motion sensors. As you walk by, if you're going at an entrance, you're coming in, this, uh, the camera will follow you and it allows remote access to an app. So you could take your iPhone or, or your Android device and you could see real time on your device what's going on in a particular spot. So it could be on the other side of the world. You place this little camera, it'll follow the motion of anybody moving past it. For $30, it's pretty incredible. It, it stores two weeks worth of video up on the cloud. There's no charge. There's no subscription fees. And, and there's many other companies that are doing this, the ADTs of the world, the Googles of the world, the Nests. Many are trying to get into the space, but there's usually subscription services and costs that are several hundred dollars. Here's something $30 delivered to you that can do that. And again, all accomplished through IoT. That's pretty impressive. The negative side, 
You got to make sure it's secure. Don't leave the default passwords on there. You got to make sure you have encryption set. You got to make sure that that data in the cloud is not being stored by somebody suspicious. You don't know. You need to investigate those type of things before you enter that into your facility or into your lives to keep safe. And uh, taking that one step further, so as a consumer, when we're looking to buy this kind of technology, because there's just an overwhelming amount of information out there and, and products, what should we look for that would help us make smart choices? Hey, I'm glad you brought that up. If you think about any IoT devices from a consumer level, and, and I'm a consumer, I love tech and gadgets, as probably a lot of your listeners do. The number one thing I always say is don't focus so much solely on the price. We tend to do that. Even the example I gave there, the price blew me away. We got to play with this. We got to try it because it's cool. What, what are we trading though? Is it convenience or price for security? So looking at the security, you got to ask yourself, is this connected through wireless? If it is, is your, is your wireless network set up with encryption? Are you using WPA2 encryption? Do you have a default password in this device that you need to change immediately when you set it up? Or are you so excited that whatever this IoT device is as a consumer, you plug it in, let's play and go, and you forget about security, the default passwords in there. That's, that's one of the huge problems with all these botnets. There are automated tools that can go out there on the internet and find open devices that are not secure, be it cameras, be it anything now, be it your refrigerator. If they find it open, that's an opportunity where the hacker again has that conduit to place malware, to take control over it, and it may be dormant for a while. In six months, they may light them all up and have a whole army of botnets attack somebody. So these things are scary and they seem to be doom and gloom, but they're actually a reality now. They could be used to, to launch a, a DDoS attack where they flood a particular website with uh, email traffic. It could be legitimate traffic or even junk that will bog it down and close yeah. it down. And we've seen many examples of this happen. So Or mining as, bitcoins. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mining bitcoins, is a, that's a perfect example. You would never think of that years ago. Yeah. But it's so important, uh, computing power, it, it, it's hard to get enough computing power, but now imagine through an army of, hundreds of thousands of botnets and each one provides a fraction of a percent of computing power. Guess what? You could be mining coins and it doesn't cost anything. It's beautiful for, for cyber thieves. They're very innovative, I guess. We got to give them credit there at our expense. Maybe we should recruit them for the other side. <laughs> that would be. I, I actually had an, uh, an alert come up the other day on my browser that said my browser was not running efficiently and it was a very strange um, alert that I've never seen before. Mm. And it was more power than normal. And I went, what is this? I have to investigate it. So I had to isolate the machine to investigate. I, I thought perhaps somebody was trying to do that, mine Bitcoins or something that through, through a browser. But I didn't find anything of that sort. But there was a flag that went up, which means some of the more modern browsers and operating systems are starting to now scan and look for things that might be taxing on them. So a good reminder for everybody listening is always update your, your, your OS to the latest and greatest with all the security patches and, and your browser should, certainly should be updated as well, as well as any applications that you're using. 
especially on your, on your mobile devices, because more and more that's what's being targeted where they could, where they could steal computing power if they're mining bit, uh, Bitcoin and other things like that. That is great advice. I know that many times I'm lax in some of these areas, so I'll make sure to uh, patch all my devices and uh, check on that security. Yeah, it's it, it's really paramount for us to survive these days. You can't be too safe, that's for sure. Exactly, Scott. Where can people go to find you? Well, well certainly, my company's website is uh, www.b is in Bravo, v is in Victor, and then systems spelled out plural dot com. Or they could go to my website, which is simply scottshober.com. And they could find out more about some of the cybersecurity tips that I have there, other feeds of, of blogs and information that I'm putting out there to educate people. Certainly, they could find out more information about my book, Hacked Again. And it's my true story of being hacked and what I learned. And then my second book should be out a little bit later this year. I'm just about finished with it. It's called Hacked Again, Lessons Learned. So it kind of picks up on the conversation, the additional things that I've been learning from, from people in the world of cyber, such as yourself and continue to improve and keep us all safer. Well, we'll definitely be sure to check that book out and we'll have you back here again when it comes out. That sounds great. Hey, thanks so much there. Thanks so much for joining, Scott. We uh, really enjoyed having you. Great, thank you again. Uh,